Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, and welcome to High Five Success Stories, where I interview women from all different backgrounds who can offer advice and inspiration to millennial gals. I hope you enjoy and have a great day. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited to share my conversations with my friends Lauren Dudley-Stevens and Kaki Dudley-McGrath. They are two sisters that are from Greenwich, Connecticut, who have a really cool startup story. So Lauren and Kaki found themselves living in places, whether it be on cooler summer nights in Nantucket, skiing in Vermont, or on boat rides on the Long Island Sound, they were always throwing on fleeces for that extra work. They kept wondering to themselves why fleeces couldn't be more fashionable. So in 2015, they reimagined fleeces and launched Dudley Stevens. They are fleeces for women that can be worn casually, or you can dress them up. I bought one back in December and I legit live in it. I find myself throwing it on as I walk to flywheel classes, I wear it running errands, and I also dress it up with jeans and boots when I go out with my friends. They are so comfortable and flattering. So during our conversations, the Dudley sisters not only tell us about their entrepreneurial journey since 2015, but also life leading up to it. It's a testament that everything happens for a reason. Lauren was kind enough to share a personal story of how she and her husband struggled with infertility for two years, but the silver lining was that she was able to create Dudley Stevens during that difficult time. We also talk about the different jobs Lauren and Kaki had leading up to Dudley Stevens and how they now apply those skills to their business. And side note, Lauren worked at PR and Calvin Klein and dressed celebrities like Wyatt Paltrow, so really cool stories about that too. Um, we talk about juggling being a mom and working full time. Kaki and Lauren both have two small children. We talk about what it's like working with family and so much more. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversations with Lauren and Kaki as much as I did. Hi, Lauren and Kathy. Welcome to High Five Success Stories. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> so excited to have the two sisters here from Dudley Stevens. Um, and just so the listeners know, I'll give a little bit of background on how we got connected. So my mom had invited me to a pop-up shop at Marion Cricket Club, which is in Haverford. And for people that are listening that aren't from Philadelphia, it's a little town right outside of Philadelphia. And um, I'm so happy I went with her because I ran into the Dudley Stevens sisters, Lauren and Kaki, and I've been following you guys on Instagram for quite some time then. And I was really intrigued by your fleeces and I was able to buy the black cobble hill turtleneck. And I was just telling you, Lauren, the other day when we were talking on the phone, um, I'm literally obsessed with it. I've been wearing it everywhere, whether to run errands. Um, this past weekend at brunch, I was with my girlfriends and I dressed it up with like, you know, black jeans and black boots and it looked so cute. And everyone was like, where did you get your fleece from? So um, the point of my story is that um, I think you guys are really on to something. So I'm so excited to hear your guys' story today. So. Um, so I thought we'd start out, Lauren, by having you provide us with a little bit of background um, prior to Dudley Stevens. So maybe if you want to go into, you know, where you grew up, went to school, and then maybe how you landed in New York City and your first few jobs. Sure. So um, Kaki and I are sisters and business partners. We both grew up, um, obviously, in Darien, Connecticut. Um, we went to Darien High School. I graduated in 99, mm-hmm. and my sister graduated in 2003. Um, I then went on to Duke University down in North Carolina, and Kaki went to Columbia. Um, so I guess for me, after I graduated school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, you know, sure that I wanted to get a job and, and live in New York City, but I wasn't sure what, you know, what I, where my passions were lying at that point, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure most college graduates feel. Totally, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and we had, I had um, a connection to an ad agency called McCann Erickson, um, where I went into interview and um, landed a, a really 
really great job actually as an assistant account executive um, in the advertising agency, and I was on the Johnson & Johnson account, so I was responsible for Reach toothbrushes and stay free maxi pads were my two <laughs> first accounts. <laughs> um, so I was 21 years old, just out of college, um, and you know I, I got an apartment in the city with one of my girlfriends from school, and I started this job making no money and um, you know working in advertising. And I have to say, like I, I really did learn so much while working there, um, mm-hmm. mainly because I had a lot of exposure to the brand managers at Johnson and Johnson who are like, have, you know, ridiculous college and and post-college degrees. Um, and they, I mean, it was just so informative to see how they are so passionate and care so much about their brands to the point where like, I've never heard people talk about floss, like so passionate, passionately. Right. 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 (laughs) But it was, it was such valuable experience at that age because it really gave me perspective on like how to market a product, how to advertise a product. I was in focus groups for all the time, and we spoke to women, and it really gave me an understanding of, like, okay, this is what women need for, you know, their toothbrush or their maxi pad. Like, these are, you know, it was, it was, it was just a really interesting way of looking at um, products and, and what the needs are of consumers and how to, how to speak to them, really, and how to, like, communicate what each product does and why it's so great. Um, anyway, so that was for two years, and it was you know, I was in it kind of knowing that I didn't want to do it long term. Um, and then I met a girl who connected me to someone at Calvin Klein. And then the next thing I knew, I was working in fashion, okay. um, doing celebrity PR, <laughs> which was like very happenstance. And um, I really don't, I couldn't even give advice on how to get a job in celebrity PR. It was like, I met this person and it was just, she, we clicked and right. uh, and she wanted to hire me. And, and it was, a, it was, you know, I was only 23 at the time. So to change careers was not crazy. Um, and I was really excited. I was young. I was, um, living in New York. Like I was, I mean, the, the, anything attached with the word celebrity in it, the the job description sounds cool at that point. So, um, and Lauren, funny enough, I was talking to, um, Lauren Donahoe's little sister last night. And so Lauren and Lauren Donahoe and you worked at Calvin Klein together and I grew up with her. So shout out to Lauren, but, um, but, um, my friend Kristen was saying how it was, it's really cool. The side that you worked on at Calvin Klein, um, because you got to probably meet so many people. So did you meet anybody like, like, do you have any really cool stories of people that you've met? Yeah, we, so I worked with, like, if you name a celebrity, chances are we, you know, dress them with from in Calvin Klein or, or Gucci. I was at Gucci then also. Um, I, I mean, we were the coolest thing that I think I did was um, the Oscars. We for one year at the Oscars, I was out in LA. Went out to LA every year for the Oscars and the Golden Globes, and we dressed up Gwyneth Paltrow and Jennifer Lawrence, who was like new on the scene at the time. So um, cool. And they, so it was like it was so much fun and it was so cool, and they were both so much fun to work with and it was two different ends of the spectrum because it was Jennifer Lawrence who was new to like the Hollywood world yeah and when Paltrow has obviously been around and it was just so interesting and they were both like such beautiful women and it was you know I was in all of the fittings with them and they're it, the dress, seeing the dresses we custom made them each dresses for the event um so that was probably the most rewarding um event that I did and how you know, how old were you at that point when you were with Jennifer Lawrence and Gwyneth Paltrow? I was, I was 29. Okay. So, yeah, so I was 29. I'd been doing it for about six, five or six years at that point. Got it. Um, what were they yeah, like in person, if you don't mind were, asking? I mean, they were super cool. Jennifer was younger than I was, so mm-hmm. she was 
you know, she was an Oscar nominee at that point, but, like, her whole family came in from Kentucky, and, like, they were all just, like, normal people. Like, it, right. was, it was very, like, I felt very comfortable, like, going to her apartment. It was yeah. very, very, um, and then Gwyneth Paltrow was just, you know, she was, I just idolized her, especially, like, in the 90s, like, in all the, I don't know, I just had always had, like, a girl crush on her, so. Totally, yeah. I definitely felt, like, star right um, meeting her whatever but right. um, but they were they were very cool and it was it was such a cool experience because then it, you know they both wore Calvin Klein to the Oscars and that exposure for the brand I mean it was just insane like it was I had to put together a PR um, report after the event and uh-huh. it was the amount of exposure we got for Calvin Klein that night correlated to 50, a 50 million dollar advertising campaign wow that's amazing so, yeah so it's like if you really see why people go crazy for the Oscars because there's just so many people watching it so exactly um, so yeah so it was it, that was probably the coolest thing that um, that I did over the course of those years okay and then um so what happened after Calvin Klein? How long did you stay there for? I was there for, I was there for like two years. Then I left and went to Gucci and okay. then I went back. Okay. Um, and so it was a total of about 10 or 11 years and I was at Gucci in the middle of that, of those years. Okay. And then what were the main things that you learned from Calvin Klein and Gucci that you're sort of using today with your business? Um, I think that it's, it is really about how you how you the brand is portrayed and like the mm. kind of like the key attributes to their designs and who they are as a company um you know Gucci being like the Italian fashion house and way more colorful and and Calvin right. being more minimal and uh black white gray like it was you know you weren't when I started at Calvin Klein um we weren't allowed to have any other post-its other than white post-its. We weren't allowed to put pictures of any family members or anything on the desk. Okay. We couldn't have any other flowers but white flowers. Like, it was, there was a very clear brand message that even went down to the employees and where they worked and, wow. like, their office space. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, so it was, and then at Gucci, it was a little different. So, um, I don't know, it was just interesting being in those two different cultures and kind of seeing how they, you know, each brand really tries to portray like you know carry on carry on those attributes and and even you know with our employees like how we dressed and we you know I can only wear Calvin Klein right. pretty much wear and so now today all I wear is Dudley Stevens because I'm like that's my brand I represent right. so every exactly. day I have something on yeah I love it <laughs> Except, yeah in the summer obviously when it's too hot but you know you kind of like I know you know if and it also it's important too because like if I'm out like last night I went out to dinner with girlfriends mm-hmm. you never know who you're going to run into and if I don't have something on that is from my brand I how can I show it to them or explain it to them you know right. so um, I don't know so I kind of learned that like that representing you know your brand and who you are is so important and um, and you never know you know you never know who you're going to see or network with yeah. so it's important to always to have it with you I love that um, okay, so you were 29 at that point, and then I guess you're approaching 30, you've almost been in fashion for 10 years, and then um, you got married too, I guess, right yeah. around there. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I got married about a year after that, um, and I think that was when I realized that I, I, I couldn't do like the celebrity PR thing anymore. Um, okay. It is, because it was, you know, it's a grind, and it's tra- a lot of travel and long hours, Um and, and it's stressful. I mean, it's, you know, working in that, in the Hollywood industry, it's, there's a lot of different types of personalities. And totally, yeah. Different types of stresses and, like, 
worrying about the hem of someone's dress became a lot less important. <laughs> right. But my husband was thinking about having children. Um, but, you know, at the time, that was like everything in my life. And, it, and I was so, you know, um, passionate about it. But then as soon as you start to look around and think, okay, if I want to have kids one day, you know, what, what does this mean long term? How does this fit into having a family? I knew I wanted to move to Connecticut. And, and I'm not sure anyone that works in celebrity PR has a family in Connecticut. Like, that just doesn't really. Right. <laughs> You know, it's it's not it's not conducive to the lifestyle. So, uh, anyway, at the same time, a friend of mine um, introduced me to a woman um, who was working at Longcomb and looking for a PR director there in the beauty industry. Okay. Um, so it was it was going from doing celebrity fashion to more editorial beauty PR, which I you know obviously didn't have much of a background in. But uh, when I met Stacy, who was my boss at Longcomb, she liked my, that I had different experience and, you know, she was like, don't worry, we're going to introduce you to everyone. It'll be, it'll be great. You can bring your fashion, um, expertise to the, to the job. And, um, so she hired me and, um, I have to say it was an awesome change because I, I kind of felt like I was hearkening back to my advertising experience because okay. I was working with brand managers again on these certain beauty products, which you market and advertise very similarly to a reach toothbrush or like a Johnson and Johnson um, home right. care product. So, um, so yeah, so it felt, you know, I, I was kind of like bringing up those, the things that I had learned back then. And, and it, it, it was such good experience for what we're doing at Dudley Stevens and how, how do we reach people? How do we really explain who we are? How do we tell them what is so good about our products yeah. um, and communicate that? I love that. Um, and so, yeah, so we were, so I worked in, um, at Longcomb for a year and a half and it was awesome because we traveled, but, the travel was like we flew to the south of France um, for a beauty editor trip at one point, and it was just like a dream trip. It was so, so amazing, cool. yeah. Um, so I did that for about a year and a half, um, and okay. I and So while that was going on, um, I I had just got married, so I kind of switched jobs right when I got married. Right. Okay. Um, and then yeah, I was doing that for a year and a half. Do you want me just to keep? touching on that. Yeah. So then, um, I think we can switch gears a little bit and talk about, um, before we get to Dudley Stevens, which is the main event, (laughs) but, um, I know that, um, you just gotten married and then you and your husband were trying to have kids and were having infertility issues. So, um, and I know this is a difficult issue for a lot of women and it's not often, you know, spoken about because it's usually a private event. Um, but I think it could really help the listeners, especially the listeners out there, that might be experiencing the same issues that you had. And that way they know that, um, they're not alone. Um, especially like even people like I'm 30. And so half my girlfriends are married, half are single, but then there is, they are going to start trying to have kids soon. So, um, I think it's just, it would be nice to hear your story. Totally. So yeah. So while we were, while I was working at Longcomb, we were, you know, we just got married. I was, you know, we weren't going to try to wait to get pregnant. Like we started trying right away. Right. Hope, you know, expecting that it was going to happen right away, yeah. and then um, when it didn't, it was very, it was a really weird two years, and so it took us two years to finally get pregnant, and within those two years, I was working at Longcomb, you know, going to work every day, not talking about it in my daily life, um, which was also really hard, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of trying to enjoy my life and my husband but then deep down like I just had this wow following me that you know wouldn't that we couldn't figure out that right we, you know 
And anyway, so after about eight months or so, um, one of my girlfriends encouraged me to go see a doctor about it. So we did that. And we kind of just started the process of trying to figure out like what was going on. Um, and it, then it took another, you know, year and a half till I actually got pregnant. Um, we did multiple rounds of IVF. Um, and it was, I mean, I don't know how much, you know, detail we need to get into to I don't want to bore anyone with like right. <laughs> medical details or whatever, but, um, but I mean, it was it, looking back on that time, I have to say, as it relates to business, um, I really real, it made me look at my life in a much different way. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me realize that what I was doing, I didn't want to do long-term, um, cause when you're a woman and you, the prospect of children is there you structure your life so that you can have children, right? Right. Like I knew if I was working at Lancome, I was fully ready to have kids and go back to work because Mm -hmm. they have great maternity leave. They really, it's all women. It's a female, you know, it's a ton of women and they really, they allow you to, it was just, it was an ideal place to work if you're having kids. Um, However, on a day-to-day basis, I just knew that I wasn't there. It wasn't my true passion. Right. Um, And I kind of realized this as I was going through everything and, and I knew that I needed to make a change. Uh, my husband and I basically would, and you know, on the flip side of that, Graham and I were able to kind of look to each other and say, okay, if kids are not in the cards for us, like mm-hmm. what is, you okay. know, and what, are, what are we doing with our lives really? <laughs> yeah. Right. Which is a really tough prospect like thing to face. Definitely. You know? Yeah. 32 and you're thinking like, wow, maybe I'm just not meant to be a mom. Like maybe this isn't going to happen. And, so what am I going to do that, you know, what am I going to do with my life? And right. that's kind of what I faced. And as hard as it was to face that, it was almost part of the healing process by just accepting it and saying, okay, I'm just going to take my life and I'm going to do what I want to do. Kind right. Of okay. <laughs> like I don't, I'm not going to wait around anymore for something else to happen or fall into my lap. I'm just going to do it. Okay. So um, at that point, we had... We had just had a failed IVF round. I was having other medical issues, and I just couldn't go back to my job at Lancome. Like, I was totally destroyed. And yeah. I was, you know, it was it was kind of like a low point, I have to say. Like, mm-hmm. I, I I, just didn't have the energy. And thankfully, Graham could support us, which right. I know a lot of people don't have that. So, thankfully, he was like, you know what? Like, take time off. You know, like, I've got this. We'll, you know, we'll, I'll, we'll go to one income and, like, take time off. Right. And figured out because you you need self-care right now like I really needed to like definitely yeah take care of myself so I quit my job I took some time off um I did a lot of like yoga and I went on all these like crazy healthy diets thinking that would help get pregnant right but, um anyway still wasn't getting pregnant so and about the same time uh, my sister and my mom and I um who I clearly spend a lot of time with mm-hmm. <laughs> we uh we were we had this idea and it started from my mom saying at one point, you know, I, why can't there be cute police clothing? Yeah. Okay. And yeah. And it was kind of that like aha moment to, to um, answer one of your other questions where, you know, my sister and my mom and I were like, yeah, why can't there be cute police clothing? Why? That just seems like a no brainer. Um, and you guys, you, you guys had spent like summers in Nantucket and yes. like, where it's like chillier at nighttime too, where you wear fleeces a lot. Yes. Okay. And we, you know, growing up in Connecticut, going to Nantucket, uh, my parents live in Rowayton. They have a boat, um, 
they have a boat docked behind their house. We go out on the boat all the time. It's always cold out on the water. Um, my mom always has like fleece jackets just in the house for guests and us to wear. Um, we sit, we spend a lot of time next to their fire pit in the backyard, which even in the spring and summer, it's chilly at night. Right. So, um, so anyway, it was, you know, and not, not that there isn't cute fleece clothing out there, because clearly there is. There's so many companies that have awesome stuff and great designs that we wear and buy, but it was more like, why can't this be a little bit elevated and mm-hmm. why can't, and, and also we wanted, it was, it, the conversation kept going and it, it, it resulted in us thinking, let's just design what we want. Like, let's just do it and design it and see what happens. So, okay. And this all happened while you were having the infertility issues. So you sort of yes. started fo- focusing your energy on that. Yes. Okay. So I just went full steam ahead. And it was almost as if because of my fertility issues, I was just so driven to make something else work. Right. Like something could finally, maybe I could actually have control over something. Definitely, yeah. In, in another area of life. And, yeah. And to anyone that is listening that is maybe going through this, um, I mean, everyone reacts in a different way, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have a hardship in life, there's going to be not one person is going to handle a situation in the same way. So it's not to say that like if you're going through infertility, you, you should quit your job and start a business. Like that, that may not be the answer. Right. The answer more is maybe to kind of look at your life differently, you know, and look at your marriage differently and appreciate things differently and, and kind of kind of come at it with a, a different approach a different perspective than we all are used to. Like, and also I kind of accepted that kids weren't everything. And, and Graham actually said that to me at one point. He was like, look, if we don't have children, like I'm okay with that. Like right. let's just be married and be happy and like enjoy our lives. And so, so it was kind of accepting all of that that allowed me to feel happy. And then also feeling motivated and passionate about something, something in my life that yeah. I really needed. I needed it so badly. So <laughs> I love that outlook. I, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing that honest story too. I think it will really <laughs> help a lot of people. And of one question I have for you too, um, so someone like me, so I'm you know, single and some of my girlfriends might, you know, um, try to get pregnant soon and they might experience these issues. Like what can I say to someone who's going through something like that? Is there, do you remember anyone from that time yeah. that yeah. sort of stood out? I think um, the best thing is to always just be there for that person mm-hmm. and and recognize that they're going through that and 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 what I've noticed too is that some people don't like talking about it and um, while they're going through it mm-hmm. and I know that because I was one of those people. Okay, got it. <laughs> um, at some point, I was sharing too much information with family and friends. And I couldn't do it anymore because I just couldn't go to them with bad news anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it was, you know, I couldn't keep coming to them with bad news. And so I just kind of said, I'm going to, I need to stop talking about it, which is not like me because clearly I'm an open person. I'm telling you all this now. Right. So I'm sure that my, I'm sure Kathy's here now. Like I'm sure she could probably talk to that time and how weird it must have been that I wasn't overly sharing stuff. Um, but I just had to do it because I was like, I can't, I, I'm going to come to you when I have good news. And that, so that was my outlook and I and I feel like I wish someone would have told me that earlier on like because you know sharing a lot about it with someone can be really good because it's therapeutic right it's getting it off your chest it's talking through it but at the same time this is such a personal experience that in my in my opinion it really is so good to talk to other people who are going through it and who are in the same boat as you like 
talk to your friend. If, if you do have a friend that's going through it, mm-hmm. if you know another friend who's also going through it, like connect, connect them. them. Okay. Connect them over email because that there were friends that I made through that experience that were that were so supportive at that time that like no one else could have been that supportive because no right. one understood except them. Yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, so I think it's more. It's kind of like to wrap it up like a you know, respect to understand that they may not, they, they might not want to talk about it and that's okay, but just like, let them know that you're there to talk about it whenever they do. And then also don't be scared to offer to connect them with other people that have gone through it or are going through it. Yeah. Those are, that's when you find the support groups and the community that, that, that women that are going through it need the most, I think. No, I love that. And, um, just to touch on that too, um, I interviewed someone who had lost her son, which is totally different, but it's still, you know, an isolated issue. Yeah, and totally. she said that something you can always say to someone when you really can't relate to what they're going through is exactly what you said. Like, I'm here to talk whenever you need me to, just so they know that totally. you're there. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's awesome advice. Um, okay. So, so Dudley Stevens came out of this um, uh, situation a little bit, which is sort of like a silver lining, I would think, right? Yeah, it definitely okay. is. And I think um, with, you know, I, I kind of started everything. Like, I was kind of the leader in it, but then my sister was basically throughout this whole thing there as well. And okay. there was no way I was going to do something without her being involved. Um, and I, what's your guys' age difference, too, so the listeners know? Yeah, so Khaki's four years younger than I am. Okay. Um, so Khaki's 30, turning 33 this summer and I'm turning 37. Got it. Okay. Um, so it was 2015 when Dudley Stevens started taking off and, um, how did Khaki come into the picture with it as well? So Khaki at the time, I'm going to let her kind of answer that. Definitely. I'm the much quieter, (laughs) (laughs) which helps, I think, in in our, our, how we work together. Definitely. Um. I was working full-time at a job um, at Starwood Hotels in their marketing group. So after graduating college, I got right into sports marketing, which is something I, unlike Lauren, I kind of knew what I wanted to do because I had a, a passion for sports. I was right. an athlete. Um, our father was in it, it or still is in it as well, so I had been around it my whole life. Um, so I worked at sport, sports marketing agencies and then moved over to Starwood Hotels. I was working full-time there while Lauren was uh, going through all this fertility issues and when the Dudley Stevens um, idea kind of came to fruition. And um, I was also having, I was pregnant with my first little boy, um, okay. who it's funny, Lauren and I have been close forever and we even tried to get pregnant right at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> and now have, you know, kids that are right around the same age and uh, I'm had my first little boy and went back to work and, and loved it, but, you know, there was a lot of travel involved and, um, the, you know, and they were really good with, with having kids and, you know, they, they, I worked with all women similar to the long home experience that Lauren had, um, and they were great, but at the same time, it wasn't something that I wanted to do right. while having a family. Um, and so when Lauren really took Dudley Stevens and ran with it, I thought it would be great, um, to, to work with her and be able to add my expertise in the marketing and, and kind of the business uh, background. Um, so that's kind of how we came into it. And throughout all of it, you know, even though I was working at Starwood, we have, we were taught, we just like, you know, sisters, we're talking on the phone, we're yeah. texting, we're talking about it all the time, um, even when I was working at Starwood. So we kind of grew it together. And even though Lauren kind of took the, the, the reins and, and went with it, which I was so happy about, uh, 
we've been we've been in it together from the start. Yeah. yeah. So you guys, so you had the idea of Dudley Stevens, and then what happened next after you had the vision of the fleeces? Like, what are the next? I'm so curious to know, like, what the next steps were. Yeah, I mean, we so we had the idea. So then we kind of we found a um, a pattern maker in Connecticut. Okay. And um and my mom and I kind of did like we we came up with like a few ideas that we had for styles, and we had her make them. Um, and it took a few rounds of samples for us to get some styles that we liked that we thought, okay, these are good. Like we, we want to wear these. Like, right. we, um, and the cobble hill turtleneck was one of them. Um, which I love. Yeah. Style that we still have. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so anyway, we, we kind of started there and khaki was involved with that also. And, but khaki was more focused on getting our website up and running. So it was kind of like my mom and I were doing the design and the fabric sourcing and working with the factory and figuring out production. And then my sister was on the other end figuring out the website okay. and getting that up and running. So literally, I mean, it was like three people that, I mean, I have a fashion background, Tacky worked in marketing, but we, what did we know about like launching a company? Right. I mean, you know, it was we. Kaki basically was like teaching herself coding. My mom and I were learning about how to make patterns. Like it was, it was literally a learning process from the start. <laughs> yeah. Funny when we were starting, uh, we were trying to build a website, and mm-hmm. I would have my what six month old yeah. baby in the backseat <laughs> napping, and I was in the parking lot at Starbucks trying to build a website, having like no code experience whatsoever. <laughs> thankfully, there's so many resources out there that I was able to figure something out, but. Just the baby in the backseat in the yeah. Starbucks parking lot. Like this, right. This girl, the whole <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you guys were um, all scrambling together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we, we made the samples. Um, I have to say that there another aha moment was when I tried on the, the final Cobble Hill turtleneck sample. Okay. Um, and my mom was, was there and we just looked at each other and we were like, we want this now. Right. That's <laughs> like, awesome. How do we, we, you know, we can't wait to get this. We need to wear it now. Yeah. So we were so excited. So then, um, I found our factory through a website called makersrow.com, okay. which is a really good resource for anyone listening that is trying to start a company and make products locally in the U S. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found the factory through that. We set up a meeting with him. Um, I think I reached out to a, a few other factories, but he was the most responsive, the owner of our factory. Uh, and we met with him and he basically saw our samples and we told him our whole concept that we want to make stylish fleece, fleece clothing for women. And he was, and he basically said, this is a great idea. We'll definitely work with you. Um, here's our pricing. So it like, it was kind of, we were just thrown into it at that point. Um, right. We knew, and it, you know, we, t- I think you had another question before um, that was, you know, when did you, when did you have kind of, when did a door open? And I think mm-hmm. that was a big door okay. on that day that opened. Um, yeah. And they were, they were based in Brooklyn. I was living in Brooklyn at the time. They were 10 minutes from my apartment. So I was going there almost daily in the beginning. Amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, we pitched the idea to my dad, who was our initial investor. Right. <laughs> um, which was, you know, really awesome. And, um, kind of allowed us to, I mean, we still had to show him like a business plan and, you know, he expressed to us how risky he thought this whole thing was, yeah. um, but also believed in it. And I think saw how passionate and excited we were about it. Um, and, and also kind of drank the Kool-Aid. So, uh, so yeah, so we had a small initial investment. We 
did a first run at the factory. Um, it wasn't without hiccups and there were delays. We Definitely, wanted to yeah. launch earlier than October and, but October, 2015, it was. So, okay. um, so yeah, so we, we, we launched then and we launched on our website and started an Instagram account and kind of just went from there. And so it's been, I guess, a little over three years then. Yeah. Uh, no, no, a little over two years. A little over two. Okay. Two Got years. it. Yeah. Two and a half years. Yeah. You're right. Okay. Cause it'll be yeah. three years in October. Okay. Yeah, yeah, three years in October. So cool. So, um, did you have? Uh, I know Lauren, we talked about this a little bit on the phone the other day, but sort of an uh, like an aha moment when you were selling them, when you sort of knew that you guys were onto something and this was going to be be a success. Yeah. So I think um, when we were at the pattern makers, the final fitting we had with her. This was before we even met with the factory, and we tried on these samples, and they just were so easy to wear and. I think I realized that, that, you know, I'm a woman in her thirties, you know, what, it, what do I want to wear that's easy? And, and I think also what was, so that was kind of the moment when we were at that, at the final fitting and right. they loved these samples so much. Um, and we thought, you know, if we feel this way, there must be other women out there that will agree with us. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think what was also to kind of add to that, you know, my sister was living in Connecticut. She had a son and, you know, was living in the suburbs. So that was, that was her, that was her background. My mom living, you know, in the suburbs, uh, you know, early sixties and, and myself, I was living, I was married, living in Brooklyn, um, and, and, you know, trying to get pregnant, but no kids yet. But so anyway, I think the three of our opinions were different and, which is interesting because I really believe that our brand speaks to all women, um, which was kind of the next aha moment. Like this turtleneck, anyone can wear it. Like right. you can be 80 and wear it. You right. Can, you can be 25 and wear it. Like it doesn't discriminate against age or, or height um, or, or weight even Definitely. like, it, you know, it's, it kind of works with any, any woman. And, so that was also another aha moment because I was like, wow, I feel this way about this product and, and other women do. We could really be onto something here that could right. be, you know, something really, really meaningful and, and a lifestyle concept. Yeah. And then wasn't there another moment when you guys like sold out? It was the first time. Yes. Okay. So that was, so that was when we, that was before we launched. Then we launched and, um, last December. So it was a little over two years. Okay. Um, we launched a next delivery of our Cobble Hill turtleneck and, um, it was a Friday morning. I'll never forget it. And Kaki and I were working a lot that last the day before it. And we basically put our turtlenecks up for pre-sale, um, cause they weren't finished in production yet, but we wanted to give people a chance to buy them before the holidays. Okay. Um, and, and then they would ship before the holidays and people could gift or whatever they needed to do. Um, we did not see it coming and they sold out in almost a day. That's amazing. Um, and we, and when yes. was, when was this again? What, what this year was, was it? Um, yeah, this was December 1st of last year. Okay. 2017. Okay. So just recently. Yes. Yeah, so okay. This past holiday season. Wow. Um, I sort of remember we, that on your Instagram. You guys saying that. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> we, had, we had sold out before, obviously, but we, not that quick. Like we, right. we didn't see, we knew there was demand. We just, we had no idea it was that high. Right. That's um, so cool. So it was a really awesome day. Um, I mean, we were texting all day, just blown away by the response and it was truly, truly incredible. It was, it was really like our customers and our Instagram community speaking back and saying, I really love what you're doing. And mm-hmm. 
you know, I have one, but I want two other colors. Like I, yeah. I don't know. It was, it was just, it was, it was really exciting. Um, it was also a little anxiety provoking because then we had to, <laughs> like we thought that batch was going to last us through the spring this year. Right. So yeah. anyway, so That's now really we're, cool. we're, you know, we're moving on it as fast as we can and doing everything we can to keep them in stock and, and get them back and, and, and for next fall, we've got a whole bigger plan. So. Yeah. And uh, backtracking a little bit, did uh, Kaki or Lauren, did you guys experience any naysayers when you guys were first launching the product? I mean, I know that you got a lot of good energy from your parents, and I'm sure a lot of your close friends were excited, but do you remember any instances where someone doubted you guys? Um, yes. So I think that there were, you know, a lot of people questioned why only fleece. Okay. Like where, you know, what are you going to do in the summer months? What do you, you know, there, there's some people out there that fleece is not, they, they don't like fleece. You know? yeah. so, and I think that was what that we were learning too, is that we don't have to please everybody, but there is a market out there and the people that like fleece absolutely love it. Definitely. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. We, it was, and, and I mean, I, for anyone that's starting their own company or, you know, it, the naysayers. It's funny because when you become so passionate about something, the naysayers and the other opinions you are actually beneficial okay. because it you would, it makes you think like oh well they have that opinion and I I respect it but I know this is a good idea and right gonna, you know it almost it gives you a little boost of of it could it can give you a boost of confidence it can also be constructive criticism like. What, another friend of mine asked me why we were doing a pineapple logo. Like, that doesn't make any sense with fleece clothing because it's like a tropical fruit. Okay. And, again, it was, I just thought, you know what? I, I see her point, but it, to me it makes sense. Yeah. No, definitely. <laughs> I love that. Um, and then another question I had for you guys, working with families. You guys are sisters, obviously. And your mom has helped you guys, too. So um, there's definitely a lot of positives there. But are there any negatives, you think, working with family? I think um, the hardest part is that we do know each other so well. Mm-hmm. So if like one of us isn't happy about something, like there's no hiding it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It can be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading on a blog the other day though from another sister um, duo that are entrepreneurs. They started a jewelry company, um, and they had a post about why it's good to work with your siblings and your sister. And okay. one of the things she said was that, that you can move past disagreements faster and more and, and just in a better way with right. your sister. And I kind of agree with that. Like, I think, you know, your siblings, you grew up, you fought when you were younger, like you, you're forced to be with each other. Like there's no, we have no option, but whether to work through it, you know? Yeah. So, so you kind of just know, and you know, the tools and you know how to work through disagreements, um, in a way that I think is different from um, from working with a colleague or, or, or whatever it may be. I agree, um, yeah. But, but yeah, but I definitely think, you know, it's tough because you you tread on thin ice sometimes because, like, you know, oh, this is going to bother this person or I, she won't like this or, you know, I know that's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. um, so you, you know, there's a sensitivity there that, that you have to have. Yeah. Um, no, I agree. And Lauren and Kathy, I was telling you too earlier, um, I worked with my sister for, so I work at a family company and my sister and I worked together for six years and it's totally true. If I was in like a, a bad mood or something happened, she'd be like, why are you in a bad mood? I'm like, I'm not in a bad mood, but like I knew she knew. So, but, um, yeah, but you're right. You can get over the issue, um, quickly. 
which yeah. is which is good. Yeah. And oh, um and it's also sometimes nice to be able to like text them on like a Sunday when like with a regular coworker you might feel like bad to text you know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we like we have a joke we have a joke now between Kaki and I where she leaves my house where our home office is and she's like, Okay, I'll 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 see you later. Probably talk to you in two minutes because she'll leave the house and call me from the car to talk about something else. Like we never finish right. <laughs> the yeah. day. Thought, like it's never really end. It never ends. Like, like you said, I mean, we text each other at night on the weekends. There's always things that we're continuing to talk about. Yeah. Not during Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. So it's just constant. It's a yeah. constant thing. It's a constant yeah. thing. That we're I love it. Yeah. Um, and I'd love to know how you guys juggle being because um, Lauren, I don't think we touched on this yet, but you obviously you got pregnant and you have two kids now, um, which is amazing. And um, and Kathy, I know you have two kids too. So how do you guys juggle being, you know, growing this business and then also being a mom as well? Like, what do your guys' daily schedules look like? So right now, it's. I mean, I have to say that I don't have the best answer for that because it's really yeah. chaotic on a daily basis. Um, and and I and where it's chaotic is is my own, like, um, mental, like, where should I be during the day? Where am I best spending my time? Is it with my kids? Is it working on something for the business? Um, and I, I have to every day struggle with that. Like, oh my gosh, George has this class and I want to take him because I want to be there with him, but I really need to get this X done. Um, so you're, I, it, you feel like you're being pulled in a lot of different directions. I mean, there's a, an amazing advantage in owning your own business is that you have that flexibility. Right. But you have, but you, it really makes you, you very cautious of your time and where you're spending it. Um, and yeah, so I, so right now, a typical day, we both try to spend time with our kids in the morning. Okay. Um, and then whatever that may be, and Khaki's kids are a little bit older, so they're, you know, doing different things. Um, and you guys both then, are living in the suburbs now, right, of Connecticut? Yes. In, yep, yeah. Khaki's in Darien, and okay. I'm in Greenwich. Got it. Um, so, yeah, so we, so our schedules, we, we spend the morning with our kids, and then we work in the afternoons, then we're both home on most every night for, you know, dinner, bath time, bedtime, and then we work at night. Okay. So, yeah, so it's, um, you know, we, that's the, that's kind of a typical day and obviously it changes depending on what's going on that week. But, um, but it's been working now, I think for so far. So, mm-hmm. and it, it allows us to, you know, do the things with our kids that we might want to do, but then also continue on with the business. So okay. fingers crossed. But then I, I do have to say though, that during our busy time, which is August through January, mm-hmm. that, that is much, that's a different schedule. Like okay. we're working, we're, we're pretty much working full time during those right. months. Okay. Got it. Um, and I like how you say you guys, you know, will work after dinner. A lot of people, I guess they call that second shift. Uh, yeah. yeah. So my sisters do the same thing. So they work in real estate and when they get home, they'll like do the whole family thing and then they'll get back yep. on the computer from like eight to 10 or something. Yes. Yeah. Which is so, and that's the world we live in now. Like it's remote. You can work from your home computer. Right. Why not be home with your kids to put them to bed? Right. And then, you know, it's, it's actually a really amazing thing I think and I, I hope that more companies can you know recognize that with their female employees I think they would retain a lot of moms definitely <laughs> if yeah. they could allow a more flexible environment right I, mean, I, I know if our company ever does grow into a bigger thing like my I we will make sure that whoever we hire that's a mom has can go to a music class at 9 30 or 10 in the morning if they want to like yeah. I just I feel like that's so important it makes people better 
employees. It makes people happier. It's, I mean, I'm a better mom also when right. I work and go back to my kids. Like I, I just to have that break from both parts of life is so important. Definitely. So, um, so anyway, so, you know, long-term goals, but yeah. if that ever does happen and you want to work for, for us. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be for sure. <laughs> I know. I love your idea. I might try, I might like apply once you guys get to that point. Um, but, um, one question I had too is sort of, um, you know, obviously strong work ethic is a major part of being successful. And this is a question for both of you guys. Um, are there any particular qualities that Kaki has or that Lauren has that have, that you guys have used to your advantage to help Dudley Stevens be successful? Um, I will answer that for Kaki with her strength, which okay. is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kaki, so whenever we're working together, my mom and I are always the ones who, who have an idea and then we just want to do it. Like, we're like, let's just do it. Let's do it. Let's do right. it. It's so great. But Kaki's the one who pulls, you know, puts the brakes on and okay. says, where are we doing this? What's the context? How are we getting there? What's the budget? Like, she really has an eye for planning and um, and pulling the reins in. Okay. Um, and it's invaluable for someone like me who gets overexcited and, like, jumps the gun a lot. And <laughs> right. Um, anyway, so that's kind of one of the – one of uh, another strength of, of khakis that I think is, is so great. And I think Lauren already touched on hers. I think just being, she's much more creative. And so being able to come up with these amazing ideas and actually have the motivation to do them mm-hmm. is huge. And, and that's obviously how we got our business off the ground. And, um, and another thing with Lauren too, is she's very um, personable. So she's very good at networking and, and everyone loves her. She's very humble, but personable and, mm-hmm. um, and confident. So I think, you know, having that kind of personality and being able to network and connect with people like other these fashion bloggers that we've worked with and, and, um, and locally in town too, it have, has, have been amazing to right. Yeah. Checks and balances. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, no, this has been great. And then, and just so we keep on time too, cause I don't want to keep you guys too long. I thought we'd do, um, some rapid fire questions. Um, and you guys can answer them however you guys would like to. And I'm having so much fun. This is the first time I've interviewed two people at once and it's kind of okay. nice to, um, how it's working out. Um, so I always ask people when they think of the word success, who do you think of? And it can be more than one person. It can be someone totally random or someone famous, whoever you guys might think of. I mean, I, my, uh, like, gut reaction, my first response to that question is Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no, totally, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's guy, I mean, all of my money these days goes to Amazon, and no, it's right. no wonder he's doing so well. Yeah. Um, no, I just think that whatever, you know, what he's done, what he's built is totally incredible, and it's such an awesome company, and it really helps my life out, so. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I'll answer a more personable. I I want I want to say our mom just because she she's never been a she never had a full time job. She took time off her job to, to raise us. Okay. But I think in doing so gave us the confidence and made us you know give us the knowledge that we could compete with with anyone. We were both athletes. We swam with boys. We were on we were playing video games with boys. Like she just threw us in everything to give us that confidence to to be able to do what we're doing today. Right. I love that. So good. Um, I know you guys are both swimmers. Did you guys both swim in college? Yes. Okay. I swam for a year at Duke, and Kaki swam all four years at Columbia. Okay, amazing. Um, yeah. I Kaki did... was a better swimmer. She broke all my high school records. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Um, I did um, I did track at Penn, so it's I, I sort of feel for you. It's like 
not the same sport, but you're kind of out there alone. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Similar, oh, like, training schedules, I feel like, and everything. But, um, and then the next question is, what advice would you guys give to your 30-year-old self? And that's sort of a selfish question because I am I just turned 30 in September. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, so I'd love to hear both of your guys' answers on that. Um, so my advice would be don't get married. Don't marry the wrong person. Okay. Um, I did, I met Graham at 29 and am so glad that I waited and married him because he's made my life possible with doing all of this. And I just think that finding the right person to be your partner in life is the most important thing, most important decision you can make. And, right. if, and if you can't, if that person, if you haven't met that person yet, you, you're better off just being on your own. <laughs> right, right, right. Because um, it really can change your life. And, and once you have kids with that person, you know, it's it's total game changer and it's tough and it's, you know, it's, it's a lot. So um, my advice to my 30-year-old self would be to be confident in, in who I am because, you know, and, and confident in, in the decisions that I've made because, you know, I, all of my friends were married at that point. Um and I had just met Graham, and I just, I just was so thankful that you know I, I waited to find that person, right. and um, and and know that it's going to happen, um, and and also to freeze your eggs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Yeah. I mean, I just tell everyone that now that doesn't have kids. I think it's so important, and why not do it? And, right. And and then you have that security, so that you don't need to settle with the wrong person, yeah. or just you know. I don't know. I just, I think it's, it's, if you, if you have the means to do it, then there's no, it's the easiest thing and you should just do it. Yeah. That's so funny. You're saying that because my cousin, she works at Amazon and they guess they had like some big conference and one of the higher executives at Amazon, my cousin and I were literally on the phone the other night and she was saying how the executive gave this big speech and she said for people to freeze their eggs. That's one of the things that she oh God, literally just said. That's yeah. so funny. I mean, yeah. I love that. I, and I, I read that, um, like Google, I don't know if it's Google or Facebook, offers their employees um, benefits to help cover it. Okay. Um, I, I don't quote me on that, but I yeah. think there are companies out there that um, that will help right. with, with doing that. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's it just gives women flexibility in their lives to to work a little bit longer and to not settle and and you know wait to find the right person. Definitely, I love that. Um, Kathy, do you have any advice that you would give to your thirty-year-old self? Yeah, I mean, Lauren and I kind of joke about this because, you know, people idolize women that are successful and, you know, seem like they have everything together. And I always feel like there's always, you know, you don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And right. even if this person looks like, you know, she has right. everything figured out, she probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it kind of brings, like, you know, a little bit yeah. of reality to, to your own life and, and re- realizing that. Yeah, today I wake up off, you know, on the wrong side of the bed and I can't figure out what to wear and, you know, my life is a little tough and bright, you know, today, but just know that everyone kind of goes through the same things that you do and, um, totally. and there's, yeah. yeah. I love that. No, I love that. Especially in the days of social media too. It's, it's a nice reminder to know that even though someone's life may look like something, everyone yeah. has their own issues. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. It can be very clouded by social media these days. Yeah. Um, and then do you guys have, um, one book that, that you could give to anyone? What would it be? So I actually, um, one of my favorite books is Wild by Cheryl Strait. Okay. I've heard um, that. Yeah. And, um, it, uh, there was a quote that, um, 
in preparing for our interview today that I pulled up. And it is, I knew that if I allowed fear to overtake me, my journey was doomed. Fear, to a great extent, is born of a story we tell ourselves. And so I chose to tell myself a different story from the one women are told. Um, and I just feel like that quote and that book, I mean, I went and saw the movie when it came out with Reese Witherspoon, and I was uh-huh. in the movie theater with my husband, like, bawling, crying, because that book and that book, book spoke to me um, in such a deep way, because um, it's just about coming through the other end of, a, of, of difficulty. Right. Um, and I, I think it, I, I think anyone could relate to it. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a, she goes on a journey and, and literally goes on a hike slash journey yeah. <laughs> and finds herself kind of in the whole story. And it, I don't know, I think that it's such a good learning for, for life and for even for business and, and, you know, striking out on your own. If you if you are going to do that, I think right. it's a great learning. I love that. I'll include that in the show notes, too. And your quote as well. I can include that. Yeah, that'll be great. Kaki, do you have a book? Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking to Lauren about this. I'll be honest, I haven't read too much in the past three years. Yeah. (laughs) So I would say the book that I would suggest is Oh Crap Potty Training. (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually supposed to be the best one we've heard. Oh, my God. Amazing. Well, Kaki can attest to it. I haven't gotten to potty training yet, but... Fully plan on reading that book. I was okay. like, going through all the books in my head, and I'm like, the only books I've read are kids' books and oh crap, potty training. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. I asked my sisters if they've read that one yet, and they're really into the, the sleep books too. I don't know if you guys have done any of those books. Yeah. 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 Mom's Out Fall is another one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. Well, I think that about wraps it up. I think we touched on everything. This is so much fun. Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. And did you guys have any last departing words? Let people know where they can find you guys and, you know, where they can find Dudley Stevens. Yeah. um, We're only available on our website, um, which is Mm dudley-stevens.com. And we, you can email us. The the info at dudley-stevens.com goes straight to Kaki and I, and we really try to give customers good feedback and, and help with sizing and, and um, stock questions if something's not in stock. Um, anyway, so we're, we try to make it a personal, personal as we can. Okay, awesome. And then Instagram too, right? Dudley Stevens? Yeah, it's okay. Dudley um, underscore Stevens on Instagram. Okay, and do you guys have a Facebook page too? Yes, I think it's just yeah. Dudley Stevens. Yeah. Okay, perfect. And I'll include this all in the show notes too, so it's easy for people okay, to, to find it. Okay, cool. Awesome. Hi, everybody. Thank you so very much for taking the time to listen to High Five Success Stories. To learn more about the podcast, feel free to follow me on Instagram. My handle is at High Five Success. Or on Facebook, you can like High Five Success Stories with Steph Hayden. Or I'm also on Twitter. My handle is at High Five Hayden. And lastly, you can subscribe to the newsletter on my website, www.stephhayden.com. And if you get a second, I would really appreciate it if you could rate the podcast on iTunes. Thanks so much.